Well, hello, everyone. Wow. Welcome to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and this is the show where we talk about all things spiritual and otherworldly, the unseen parts of our lives that we can't, you know, necessarily hold in our hand or, or describe with words all the time, right? So I'm happy to have you here. We do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, and um, I just I just saw this on the website. By the way, our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and um, it's actually the description of the show that I wrote, <laughs> but uh, but I forget to say it a lot of times. Um, saints and mystics throughout time have been unanimously clear on this one point. Ignoring the unseen spiritual aspects of your life would be the biggest tragedy. And we all know that's true. Whether we have proof or not, we know that's true. There's so much more to life than the physical existence because even that is going to go away. You know? I mean, your physical body's going away. Your, the physical bodies of your family members going away. Your house going away. Your apartment going away. The earth going away. The sun going away. Right? Eventually. So what does not go away? Hmm... Well, that's a deep thought, and that's why we're here, because we're talking about spirituality and all things unseen and otherworldly, because it's important. And this is a conversation that has to be had. I think it's my opinion that in life, uh, when we talk about spirituality, I mean true spirituality, I'm not talking about, you know, I don't know how to say, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Uh, nicely. Um, anyway, I think we can get caught up with some fancy gimmicks, some gimmicky spiritual stuff, some pseudo spiritual stuff. And it's just sort of playing with our emotions and, you know, making us feel happy for the moment, which is fine. That's good. I remember when I was studying Tony Robbins and he would say, okay, do you want to be happy? Okay. I can help you feel happy. Ready? He said, sit like you'd be sitting if you felt totally happy. And the person would change their position. Okay. Have a facial expression that you would have if you were totally happy. And the person would change their expression. And he'd say, okay, breathe like you'd be breathing if you were totally happy. And the person would, you know, take a deep breath and... And then he'd say, okay, how do you feel? And they'd say, happy. He said, okay, that's it. What's next? <laughs> We're done with that one. What, what else do you want? <laughs> so, so happiness is one thing. Emotional comfort is another. And spirituality seems to be beyond all this. You know, even peace. True spirituality is beyond peace. Because peace is still something. All right. Well, I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get off on too far of a tangent. Um, you can go to our website and you can find our phone number and our Skype handle, and you can call me. Um, so just go to themysticshow.net and you'll see. Uh, is it on the homepage here? Let me check. Um. Yeah, I guess it's not on the homepage. You got to click on the about page, right? See, I'm going to have to fix that. Anyway, I'll put it on the homepage on the right side, maybe. But when you look at the about page about the show, you'll see our phone number and our Skype handle. And uh, we also just quick mention, I don't know if you knew this, on Sunday mornings, Eastern time, from 9am to 2pm, we do a mystic marathon. Actually, we play all the episodes from the previous week in a row. And there's no way I can listen to me talk for five hours straight. 
I don't know. I don't think you can either. But uh, but it's nice. Sunday morning, if you're relaxing, maybe you go for a little walk. Like this weekend was really nice weather and the trees were beautiful. The fall foliage. Um, eh, maybe the Mystic Show might fit into your plan. Maybe you just want to hear a couple ideas and turn it off. That's okay. And this morning... I don't know uh, is if, if it's light where you are. See, I, I don't know where you're listening from. You could be in uh, in the UK. I think we have a quite a few UK listeners, and uh, and also India, and China, and Japan, and Australia, and New Zealand. We we must have listeners in New Zealand. I mean, and and that's a place I want to visit as well. But it's sunny here now, and you see, usually at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, when I start the show, it's been dark up until today, because the time we, we move the clocks back, move them back, uh, fall back. Yeah, we moved them back, so we got an extra hour of sleep, and now I'm starting the show here, and the studio is just brightly lit. It's really nice. Um so just a few highlights from my weekend. And by the way, as I'm talking about my weekend, feel free to call up and and you know put in your two cents about your weekend real quick. Um, of course, we're we're talking about how was your weekend in light of spirituality or relaxing or nature. What you know something relevant to the Mystic Show. Maybe you were uh, walking on water. You know, maybe you. Uh, Maybe you wore your Halloween costume around the house some more. <laughs> you didn't get enough. So Friday night, here at the studio, Fractal Recording, we had uh, our meetup group for Pause Your Life. And Pause Your Life, uh, we do meetups and retreats. And we had a meetup. We actually had a movie night. And uh, we had a lot of uh, folks show up. Gr- great people. What a great group. Such a... Such a, I want to say warm and family-like, but it's it's uh, it's just real. It's just people being themselves. And of course, that's what Pause Your Life is all about. It's putting all the stuff, the other junk in your life on hold. All the roles that you play, all the titles that you have, all the degrees that you have, all the stress you have, the worry, everything. Take all that stuff and we put it on hold and we have a meetup and we're just human beings. And it's very refreshing. So um, anyway, we watched a movie. It was called Letting Go. And on Friday, Mystic Maria was on the show. Thanks, Maria. <laughs> Hi, Maria. Um, yeah, so we, we talked a little bit about Letting Go Friday, but we watched the movie on Friday evening. And I must say, it was uh, it was pretty good. It basically went over a technique of releasing, of letting go, of troubling thoughts or troubling past, or you know things that are bothering people. It was pretty interesting. Um, I I wouldn't rate it a ten out of a ten, but but it was good. It was worth watching once, at least. Um, I mean. Yeah, the last one we watched on movie night was Wayne Dyer, uh, The Shift, and that was that was probably close to a ten out of ten. That was very good because it's actually all about the ego, and uh, it's been said by many, including uh, my spiritual guide, that the only thing in our way on the spiritual path is the ego. So we'll we'll have to do a. A whole show on the ego. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe we can get Wayne Dyer. Does anyone know Wayne Dyer? <clears throat> if you know, <laughs> if you happen to know Wayne Dyer or Oprah, could you just, you know, shoot, shoot him an email for me? Yeah, that'd be cool. So we, it was a great meetup. And then, um, and then Saturday, my wife and I visited the uh, botanical gardens in Ringwood. And this place is just, unbelievable uh very cool all kinds of different flowers and trees and i mean the i think the visitor center was closed but 
so many trails, so many, like this huge, big lawn area. It's hard to explain in words, but it was really beautiful. And they even have the, um, they have a scale model of the planets of our solar system. So, and this scale model is like, I'm seriously probably a quarter mile long. Maybe half a mile, maybe not a half mile. I mean, thousands of feet long, you know, maybe a half mile, right? A half mile is what? 2,500 feet. And at the beginning, it's like, there's the sun, there's Mercury, there's Venus and Earth. And they're all like, you know, 20 feet apart. They're all pretty close. And then to get to Mars, you have to go maybe 50 feet. It's a little further. And then from Mars, you got to go like maybe 100 feet to the asteroid belt. And then to find Jupiter, we had to walk like probably a, probably a couple hundred feet. We found, it was hard to find at first. I mean, can you imagine being out in space and trying to... Well, I guess if you're out in space, you could see... <laughs> you would see Jupiter, <laughs> the big thing hanging in space. Um, anyway, after Jupiter, we found Saturn. That was like far away from Jupiter. And then it's like... Uh, Uranus and Neptune, they just were like probably 500 feet apart from each other. It was, we just kept walking and walking. And then at the very end, it said, oh, the dwarf planets. And it was like, it told how Pluto was demoted from a planet to a dwarf planet and everything. But but the distance from Pluto to the sun was like, like I said, a couple thousand feet. Um, Pretty interesting when you look at the scale of things. We're not used to looking at it that way but we walked on the trail we took a lot of pictures i mean way too many pictures i mean the leaves are so beautiful you just keep snapping away and it's like what are we ever going to even look i mean we'll look at them once but are we going to use them or anyway so then saturday night we watched a movie called sound city which was about um it was about a uh, recording studio and me being a recording engineer and a producer it was interesting to me about all these bands who made these records in this one studio uh sound city in los angeles that was pretty good then sunday morning we had our 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 group meditation for the for the natural path meditation that we do that's always uh very good it's a little it's a little early a little earlier than most people want on a sunday but you know, I, you know, nothing beats getting up early and being awake and meditating. And then, then you seem to have the whole rest of the day. Like you seem to have a lot more time to do a lot more things. And plus you're in a better mindset. So it's one of those things where it just, it makes sense on 99 out of a hundred levels, but on one level, it, it, it's tough for some people waking up early. Um, and then we went to look at a retreat center because, uh, we're going to be planning some retreats for the spring. And, um, we looked at this one retreat center and I mean, it was okay with, you know, every retreat center is different and every, everyone has its own flavor. This one had more of a Catholic, uh, well, it was within a whole complex of, that was owned by the Catholic church and it was very Catholic and, um. And yeah, and I don't think that's uh, the the pause your life retreats are they're not going to happen in a place like that because there's no need to uh, we're 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 kind of beyond all that. And I don't mean that in a I don't mean to belittle anything or anybody or any religion, but um, the whole idea of pause your life is just very generic. It's not tied to anything. So. To be in a place that seems to be all about a certain religion is eh, not the best fit. So, uh, But it was good to see the retreat center and the grounds. It was nice. And then uh, then we went to the... We had to go... Well, we didn't have to go. <laughs> but, uh, well, according to my wife, we had to go uh, shopping at the mall. Actually, we didn't... No, we did. We went... We went for a purpose. I had to buy something, but I bought some clothes. And I, I don't shop. I mean, if I shop once every two years, that's a lot. I, I just never shop. So we did a little shop. That was okay. Just kind of got it done, found a couple things, and 
kind of got out of there and you know i'm like let's go let's go and my wife's like relax and then, <laughs> yeah so uh and then last night or early in the evening probably like four or five in the afternoon we watched the movie uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest oh yes remember that one have you seen that one Anyway, that's it's pretty old now. I think it's from the seventies, um, maybe even early seventies, I think. And anyway, it's a very interesting movie where all these people are in like a almost like a psychi- psychiatric ward, like a a place where um, all the what's the politically correct way to say it? Um, mentally challenged people live, and. Um, I thought it was interesting because it was almost like a little microcosm of of human life, just a regular life on Earth, where, you know, everyone has their own craziness, right? Everyone's crazy in their own way and on their own level. And um, and if you when you stick someone in there, like Jack Nicholson was the guy, the main character of the movie, and he went he went he was admitted into this place, and they said, well, we don't we think you're faking it. We think you're, you're not really crazy. You're just pretending. And he's saying, no, no, I'm, I am, you know, uh, because they, they thought he just wanted to get out of, uh, going to jail and things like that. So it, what was interesting to me was like on earth here, we're all, you know, are we really here? Are we really crazy or are we just pretending I don't know. There was some deeper question there. I, I couldn't get a handle on it, and I wasn't really trying to. I mean, you, we don't have to stretch to, to, you know, ascertain these spiritual truths. I mean, they'll come to us without much effort. Um, but it was definitely a microcosm of of living life on Earth that we're all here. We're all stuck together, and everybody has their own wackiness, and. uh and it was interesting too. Some of the people, most of the uh, the patients in that psychiatric ward were, they were there. They chose to be there. They could have left. There were others who who couldn't leave, and uh, of course, all the windows were barred and and locked and everything. So, but it was interesting that some people choose to stay locked up. Others they just want to get out, but they're not allowed to get out yet. So maybe that's kind of like human life. Some of us want to graduate to the next level sooner, like right now. But, uh, you know, God or the universe is kind of like, well, no, not yet. Not yet. Right? And then maybe there's other people who they can graduate any moment they want. They're ready. God's like, okay, you're ready. You're done. Good job. And and they're like, well, no, I want to stay. Some uh, some think that the saints are like that. The great the great saints they're actually they've been liberated they're they're finished they're done they graduated but they come back for a purpose to help the people who are still here to help them learn and you know to serve that kind of purpose. So all right, well that's my weekend. I uh, hope you had a great weekend. Let's um, let's take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and. Uh, And guess what we're going to talk about? Your mental attitude. That's actually the next passage in the the James Allen uh, book. All right. We'll be right back. Thank you to Anya for the musical interlude called Bodicea. 
really uh, so interesting. A lot of a lot of her work is very interesting. So thanks to Anya for that. And you're listening to the Mystic Show. We broadcast live every day on the Fractal Stream, which is uh, which is our internet radio station. Plays a lot of uh, different podcast shows and different internet radio shows, and also plays music in between. Um, so maybe you just want to turn on the Fractal Stream sometime during your day. Um, but the website for the show is called themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. We have our phone number, our Skype handle. You can call us. You can call us on Skype or or the phone. And uh, we are also on Twitter. I just tweeted before uh, the show. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm I'm going to start tweeting right when the show is beginning. So it can be a little reminder to you. So follow us on Twitter, at The Mystic Show. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get back into our James Allen book. You know, James Allen is one of our favorite, well, one of my favorite mystics. He was... Uh, he was a writer in England in the late 19th century, and I think he passed away in 1912. And he wrote many books. This is a great one called Above Life's Turmoil. And we've been reading the different passages. I think there's 20 different passages. We've probably read, what, maybe seven or eight, I think. But this one today is called Your Mental Attitude. It's called Your Mental Attitude, and uh, we'll go ahead and read it now. And uh, if you want to just relax, if you're home by yourself, just chilling, just you could even close your eyes and almost meditate while I'm reading it and kind of loosely focus on it. Or if you're driving or running or jogging, you know, just enjoy it. So this is, uh, again... From Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen, this is called Your Mental Attitude. As a being of thought, your dominant mental attitude will determine your condition in life. It will also be the gauge of your knowledge and the measures of your attainment. The so-called limitations of your nature are the boundary lines of your thoughts. They are self-erected fences and can be drawn to a narrower circle, extended to a wider, or be allowed to remain. You are the thinker of your thoughts and as such, you are the maker of yourself and condition. Thought is causal and creative, and appears in your character and life in the form of results. There are no accidents in your life. Both its harmonies and antagonisms are the responsive echoes of your thoughts. A man thinks and his life appears. If your dominant mental attitude is peaceable and lovable, bliss and blessedness will follow you. If it be resistant and hateful, trouble and distress will cloud your pathway. Out of ill will will come grief and disaster. Out of good will, healing and reparation. You imagine your circumstances as being separate from yourself, but they are intimately related to your thought world. Nothing appears without an adequate cause. 
Everything that happens is just. Nothing is fated. Everything is formed. As you think, you travel. As you love, you attract. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. You cannot escape the result of your thoughts, but you can endure and learn, can accept and be glad. You will always come to the place where your love, your most abiding and intense thought, can receive its measure of gratification. If your love be base, you will come to a base place. If it be beautiful, you will come to a beautiful place. You can alter your thoughts and so alter your condition. Strive to perceive the vastness and grandeur of your responsibility. You are powerful, not powerless. You are as powerful to obey as you are to disobey. As strong to be pure as to be impure. As ready for wisdom as for ignorance. You can learn what you will, can remain as ignorant as you choose. If you love knowledge, you will obtain it. If you love wisdom, you will secure it. If you love purity, you will realize it. All things await your acceptance, and you choose by the thoughts which you entertain. A man remains ignorant because he loves ignorance and chooses ignorant thoughts. A man becomes wise because he loves wisdom and chooses wise thoughts. No man is hindered by another. He is only hindered by himself. No man suffers because of another. He suffers only because of himself. By the noble gateway of pure thought, you can enter the highest heaven. By the ignoble doorway of impure thought, you can descend into the lowest hell. Your mental attitude towards others will faithfully react upon yourself and will manifest itself in every relation of your life. Every impure and selfish thought that you send out comes back to you in your circumstances in some form of suffering. Every pure and unselfish thought returns to you in some form of blessedness. Your circumstances are effects of which the cause is inward and invisible. As the father-mother of your thoughts, you are the maker of your state and condition. When you know yourself, you will perceive that every event in your life 
is weighed in the faultless balance of equity. When you understand the law within your mind, you will cease to regard yourself as the impotent and blind tool of circumstances and will become the strong and seeing master. All right. That's it for that short section. Let's take a quick, uh, quick little break. Wow, thank you, John Adams. It's easy to get lost in that composition, isn't it? Uh, that's called China Gates, and it was composed by John Adams, uh, actually, in 1977. And, uh, yeah, that's a wonderful piano piece. So, very artistic and, you know, abstract, sort of like painting a picture of something emotion or feeling uh it's not your average song which you know repeats and has a verse and a chorus and all that so anyhow welcome back to the mystic show we're happy to have you i'm chris curran we do the show every weekday morning 7 a.m our website is themysticshow.net TheMysticShow.net, and you can find our phone number and our Skype handle there. And uh, hey, maybe you want to give me a call right here in the studio. And yes, the phone ringer is, is it on? Uh, yeah, the phone ringer is on. <laughs> and my is my Skype program open? Yes. <laughs> All right, just checking, because sometimes, you know, there's throngs of people trying to call and and I just have the ringer off. I mean, that's my fault. Well, we just read that little piece called Your Mental Attitude. And uh, wow. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, if you've ever read As a Man Thinketh, which is James Allen's most famous book, um, this is, you know, he's he's touching on some of the power of thought here. Uh, but in that book, he really goes into the power of thought and its effect on our character and our attitude. And th- there's one line I really love in here. I'm trying to find it. Um, well, he says, you imagine your circumstances as being separate from yourself, but they are intimately related to your thought world. Right? Nothing appears without an adequate cause. So I think it's this cause and effect that is very difficult to perceive, right, with thoughts. Um, I mean, it, you know, in, a, in an abstract theoretical way, we can understand that, okay, you have thoughts and your thoughts affect your actions. And your actions basically create your circumstances. Um, but it, I, that's a little hard to perceive, you know, that's a, that is a I would consider like a mystical perception when we really start to understand that our thoughts create our world. And then of course comes the actual work. Right? It's one thing to it's one thing to admit that or agree with that, right? That your thoughts create your world. 
It's another to, it's a completely different thing now to purify your thoughts and mold your thinking into what you want it to be, right? That's the difficult part because we, we're, we're so habitual in our thinking. I mean, we really are. We're just, we, it's like we're programmed to think certain ways by, by our society and by ourselves. And then we just keep thinking that way. And to change it is is not easy. <laughs> right? Here you go. No man is hindered by another. He is only hindered by himself. No man suffers because of another. He suffers only because of himself. Sometimes this is hard to accept because, well, mainly when bad things happen. Like if something really bad happens in your life, whether it's to you or a loved one, that's when we kind of lose faith and say, well, what, why did this happen? Why would God let this happen? And we sort of get, we can get upset, right? We can get, uh, we can get, become almost frustrated, right? With life. Like, why is this happening? I don't want this to happen. And really, like, I just said it. I, I don't want this to happen. So our desires come into the picture. And decide, I mean, desiring to be healthy, that's, that's not a bad desire. Um, on the highest level, though, that might not be a good desire either. Because maybe on your spiritual path, maybe you're not supposed to be healthy. How do you know? Right? Do you know? No. Does anyone really know? No. So why do we think that if we suddenly become, if, if something that's not perfect or healthy, we think that's bad and that's, you know, God is failing us? You know, go it, remember the, I, I don't know the, the exact quote, but Basically, just think of the concept that everything that happens to us is for our good. Again, very hard to accept that when when you're in the middle of something bad happening. I totally understand that. Um, I'm I can't find this other line in here that I really like. Did you did anything jump out at you uh, when I read this passage? I like he says, "As you think, you travel." As you love, you attract. Oh, here it is. This this is it. I found it. Um, you are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. <laughs> I love that. So, if you're new, if you're newer to personal development. This is a lot of what personal development is about, changing your thinking. And basically creating new habits. You kind of want to trade your old habits for new ones. And again, it, habit is on any level is not really what we want, but um, but it's helpful. It's helpful on our journey. We have some habits. We're going to trade up get some better habits. Then after we do that, we're going to do it again. We're going to get rid of those habits and trade up and get better habits until we reach the ultimate simplicity or the ultimate um, detachment, you know, in a way. Well, there's a whole nother show right there, detachment. Right. So, all right. Well, this is, uh, I, I really like this one. Your mental attitude. Yeah. Your dominant mental attitude. It, can, it uh, creates your circumstances, your results. But the question is, do you believe that? And do you believe it enough to actually do something about it? Right. We talked about belief. James Allen talked about belief few chapters ago 
belief being the basis of action. So if you're willing to believe that your thoughts create your circumstances, maybe you can um, do something. Maybe you can, I don't know, start creating new mental habits. You know, how can you do that? Well, start writing it down, writing your goals, writing your thinking, writing your beliefs, and change them. Write down what you want your beliefs to be or you want whatever you want your thoughts to be. And write them down and start repeating them. I mean, that's one way to kind of jumpstart it. Uh, another way is to probably meet some new people, start hanging around with people who are who are already doing it, already modifying their own thoughts, you know, actively trying to become better and to, to change. Because when you meet new people like that, you'll be able to talk about it and some of that will just rub off on you just from being there. So, yeah. And uh, and in that regard, so that's how, that's kind of a couple ways you can start uh, changing your mental habits, right? Or your mental attitude, right? That's what James Allen calls it, your mental attitude. Um. And I mentioned goal setting, and I just want to mention a couple, um, couple, couple things that people get wrong about goal setting. Things that people don't understand about setting goals. Um, what the first one is, and this is a big one. This is a big one. L- listen to this carefully, and tell and and. Be aware of your reaction to this statement, okay? Ready? We don't set goals to get something. We set goals to become somebody. Right? So that's the whole idea of, you know, if you say you want a house and two cars and a boat and a summer house near the ocean and uh, and a recording studio... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people want recording studios. <laughs> Not really. That's just what I want. Right? See how we project <laughs> we project what other people might want because of what we want. Anyway, you want the house and the cars and the job and the and the summer house and the 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 vacations every year, right? Those are materialistic goals. Not bad. Not bad at all. But we must understand that in the end we're not really trying to just have a house and cars and a boat. In the end, what we really want is to become somebody. We want to keep becoming the best version of ourselves. And it's, it's fantastically uh, almost shocking when, because I've worked with people doing this, People who they've set goals before, so they kind of know how to set goals, material goals. But when we talk about this becoming, and then they set their goals, it they, it just resonates so much more with them, and they're able to actually, you know, get fully on board with setting their new goals, meaning writing them, reading them, and everything. Because something, if we just have material goals and, okay, I just want the house and the cars and the boat, something in our soul knows that that's not enough. That's not the real thing. That might be part of it, but that's not the real thing. What is the real thing that we want when we're setting goals? Well, it's to become the person that we should become. And yeah, we might need some things around us. We might need some abundance. And, you know, as Mystic Maria always tells you, there's nothing wrong with abundance. The universe is abundant. No problem. But we're not just going to collect cars and houses and uh, and boats just for the sake of it, right? There's got to be some higher purpose. And that purpose is to become someone. So when you start, all right, we're, we're talking about, you know, um, your mental attitude, right? We just read the James Allen 
passage, and he's talking about how your thoughts create your circumstances. And then we're talking about changing your thinking by setting some goals and maybe, you know, uh, creating what beliefs you want to have and, and writing down what thoughts you want to have. And now we're talking about you're only going to figure out what thoughts you want to have and what beliefs you want to have because you want to become someone better. So if you keep that in mind as you're as you monitor your thinking, as you as you evaluate yourself, as you do some writing and goal setting, you always want to just keep in mind who are you becoming? And how can these things help you become that? Because you might not need maybe you need the house and the cars, but maybe you don't need the boat. Or maybe you really do need the boat. But only you can really determine that, right? And one of the best ways to determine that is by thinking, okay, is this going to help me become who I want to become? And of course, by becoming someone, I'm not talking about becoming, you know, this rich mogul who's who dines at the finest restaurants and who drives around in limousines and, you know, becomes a big shot. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about becoming a big shot. We're talking about becoming a real human being. A divinized human being. And guess what? That does not mean that you can't have the limousine and eat in the, the, the fine dining restaurants. You can still do that. But maybe you really don't want to. I think as we we get closer to to true spirituality, we can kind of realize that a lot of these things are we don't need them, and at and at some point you don't even really want them, because all they're really going to do is is <laughs> be the cause for you to to fall off the path. You know, you're going to be dining in one of those fine dining restaurants, and you're going to probably meet some people that maybe you shouldn't meet, and. Maybe eat or drink some things that you shouldn't eat or drink. And, you know, it it can lead to problems. It doesn't have to, but it can. And uh, at, at some point, you have to evaluate yourself on these things. What is in your life right now that might be distracting you from spirituality? All right, so let me just talk about this real quick. The other thing about goal setting, the other mistake that is commonly made when it comes to goal setting and changing. All right, think about this. Ready? This is this is another one. You you listen listen to what I'm saying and and perceive your reaction. Ready? Okay. Here we go. We shouldn't question if we are worthy of the goal. We should question if the goal is worthy of us. All right, there's one that'll twist your brain a little bit. Right? We're always thinking of the uh, if we're worthy of the goal, you know, am I worthy to have a house and three cars and a boat and a limo? Am I am I worth that much? Do I have enough self-worth or self-esteem and what all whatever? And that's one way to look at it. A better way to look at it, in my opinion, is, is the goal worthy of us? I mean, is that all you're worth? A house and two cars and a boat and a limo. That's it? Is that what you're worth? <laughs> because I think you're worth a lot more. And again, doesn't mean material more, more money, doesn't necessarily mean more money. It just means more. I think these material goals, even if they're big goals, even if you want to have a million dollars in your savings account, that's okay, but that's all? One million? That's what you're worth? <laughs> so if we try to think of a goal in terms of something that's worthy of us, and what is worthy of us? Well, it's becoming a divinized human being. I mean, that's a, that's a big goal right there. 
Anyone can make a million dollars. But how many can become divinized? So those of you who are up for a little challenge there, think of it that way, right? Probably like a few people every thousand years actually achieve a really, really high spiritual goal. The rest of us, well, we we try, we do stuff, but, right? So for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who are really uh, motivated by competition, let's say, maybe you should try to become that one, the next one. Try it. So anyhow, those are just a couple of little thoughts about uh, some of the mistakes and goal setting when it comes to changing our mind and everything like that. I hope that was helpful. If you have any thoughts on that, go ahead and give us a call. Um, we'll just take a quick break, and um, I kind of wanted to play a song, but uh, I'll just play. I'll just play part of a song. I don't know. Would you? Uh, if I play a whole song, is that too long for you guys? I don't know. Thank you to the Indigo Girls for a song called Welcome Me. That's a beautiful song. That's I wanted to play the whole song, but I don't want to, uh, I, you know, don't want to bore anyone. Maybe me talking is more boring, probably. Anyhow, that song is in the playlist of uh, our radio, our internet radio station, which is called The Fractal Stream, which uh, if you're listening live, that's where you're listening to us. So that song and many other cool songs are in the playlist if you just listen throughout the day. So my name is Chris Curran. You're listening to The Mystic Show. And our website is themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. And you can call us using Skype or the phone. And right now, we have a few minutes left. Um, Actually, we may not have enough time to do this, but we're going to (laughs) try. So this is from the book uh, 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. It's a great little book, an entry for every day of the year. And the entry for, actually it was the entry for Saturday, is called Triumph. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. The entry is called Triumph uh, from 365 Dao. Here we go. Crawl to begin. Triumph to complete. Renounce to leave. What is the anatomy of any phase of life? First comes a learning stage full of awkward struggle for mastery. Then comes a phase of testing yourself in competition. Finally, there is gracious retirement from the field, for constant competition is not a lasting way of life. Competition is always a thorny problem. True, it challenges you to be your very best. Cultivating skill without using it is like learning a foreign language and never leaving your house. 
If we think of winning in the narrow sense of vanquishing others, we fall into a dangerous egotism. Winning can be thought of as attainment. For example, if you learn to swim, that is winning over your own ignorance and sloth. If you enter into a meet and win, then that is winning not over others, but achieving your personal best. The other competitors are secondary. It is more important that you know where you stand, that you consolidate your position, and that you look for further achievement. That is true triumph. Triumph in the right amounts is the greatest tonic to the soul. Triumph carried to extremes corrodes the soul. Once you have had your share of triumphs, know when to get out. Once you have gained the top, renounce competition. Then start over. That is the secret of moving from phase to phase in life. There you go. That's it. Triumph. Right? I like that. Triumph is, uh, there's a learning phase, then there's a competition phase, and then there's a gracious retirement. Yeah, And, and also the idea that competition isn't to just, you know, how does he say it? Um, if we think of winning in the narrow sense of vanquishing others, we fall into a dangerous egotism. Right? And that the whole idea of vanquishing others is is uh, pr- very American, would you say? <laughs> uh, so he says we should, you know, think of uh, winning as an attainment. We can do our personal best. We should strive to do the best, each of us personally. So I thought that was a little nice little uh, ending to the show today. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you got some interesting ideas and maybe some thoughts from the show. Um, Check out our website because all of our previous episodes are there. And you can browse by title and uh, topic. And uh, it's really, there's really a lot of shows there. I think 40 or 41 by the time you hear this. So enjoy your day. Smile. Try smiling at just random people, (laughs) right? Well, I just watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, so maybe I'm thinking a little kooky. Anyhow, keep a good vibration. And you know, as always, keep shining.